Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Power, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. And Star Charge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage. Hello and welcome to another Out of Spec podcast episode. You join me and Ryan and we are talking Cybertruck uh, and also some other electric trucks as well. And specifically, we saw a post a few days ago about a Cybertruck owner or someone who was in there that said literally the warranty, we'll get the exact verbiage for you, but that the warranty is void if you drive on dirt roads. And I wanted to provide a little bit of context on warranties. I wanted to compare this statement with other electric trucks to say, okay, what is the rest of the industry saying? So we don't just go, wow, Tesla doesn't let you drive on dirt roads in their toughest truck that's tougher than a truck, they claim, which to me seems crazy. And also, I, I think we're, we always try and be extremely fair when we cover Tesla. We treat them just like every other automaker. They do a lot of things wrong. They do a lot of things right. Both Ryan and I are Tesla owners, actually. So, you know, but but also Tesla does some sketchy things and some slimy things that we always like to call out because uh, we do that for every automaker. They don't get a free pass uh, for paving the electric revolution. So this is interesting. Ryan's got all the details. He's done a lot of research. And he's also dug into other Cybertruck anomalies in the owner's manual. It doesn't seem like there's that much to get into. This off-road thing is definitely the biggest one. Um, but Ryan, tell me a little bit more about what the, the dirt road thing is all about. Of course. I think that's a great place to start. And it's actually really interesting verbiage. And if you're not really familiar with a lot of uh, vehicle warranties and a lot of stuff like that, it's pretty concerning. I'll try and pull that up right now. So uh, hopefully you can see my screen and right here, I've got the Cybertruck and I'll just read it for you. It says, the new vehicle limited warranty does not cover any vehicle damage or malfunction directly or indirectly caused by, due to, or resulting from normal wear or deterioration, abuse, misuse, negligence, accident, 
improper maintenance, operation, storage, or transport as defined in the owner's manual, including but not limited to any of the following. And there's a lot of stuff in this list, but there was one bullet point specifically that had some people raising some eyebrows, and that was driving over uneven, rough, damaged, or hazardous surfaces, including but not limited to curbs, potholes, unfinished roads, debris, other obstacles, or in competition, racing, or autocross, or for any other purposes for which the vehicle is not designed. And I think for someone who's not really familiar with this, they're seeing like a Cybertruck, this dedicated truck, you know, advertises being so tough and all this stuff, but uh, you're screwed if you take it off road and something happens. At first, that might seem a bit concerning. I'd love to hear your initial thoughts as well. Well, um, so first of all, Tesla, their owner's manual right now is only inside of the Cybertruck. There's no like online downloadable version and it is being updated. So this is at least at the time of the recording, the exact verbiage that's in the Cybertruck owner's manual. Whether Tesla will choose to change it down the line, I don't know. But as of February 2024, this is what it says inside the truck. The second thing I want to bring up is what is a warranty meant to do? What is the purpose of offering a manufacturer uh, new vehicle limited warranty? And it is essentially to say, if there's any manufacturing defects, if there's anything that was that the truck left the factory or vehicle left the factory and the automaker messed up on the production or there's a fault with a part prematurely, that it is covered and taken care of. What it doesn't cover, of course, are like basic things. If you take it and go race it in a competition race, well, and you blow a motor, well, they're not going to cover that. If you drive a manual transmission car and you accidentally shift from sixth to third instead of sixth to fifth and you over rev the engine, it's not going to cover it. That's misuse. And I think most people are comfortable with the fact that it's like if I do something as an owner to directly mess up the vehicle, a cause directly attributed from my use to messing it up in an area where it's like not kind of meant to do anything there, then yeah, totally. I don't expect the automaker to cover it. But if your seat motor stops working and you have it set to auto adjust every day, you know, for easy entry, well, you would expect something like that to be covered under warranty. So I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way first, which is Mo, you know, the basic expectation of, of a vehicle is to function in a earth environment, doing normal things and doing the things that the companies, you know, what you would purchase that vehicle for. The question for me becomes Tesla's advertising, their marketing, their, uh, your, you know, their presentation was the world's toughest truck or tougher than a truck faster than a sports car or so I forget the exact words, but you know, basically saying that on the spider web of vehicle capabilities, this does everything just crazy. And after driving the truck for a long period of time, I think I've done almost a thousand miles in Cybertruck. I agree. It is crazy. It is so cool. Um, yeah, more to come on all of that, but it's just an amazing vehicle in so many ways. But there's just little things that like Tesla hasn't finished on the vehicle. Autopilot doesn't work. The top speed on the Beast is only 115, not 130, and so on and so forth. This, to me, seems like a blatant, like, I don't know. I can't, Im I can't believe that this made it in the owner's manual because the truck is designed to drive and marketed to drive over uneven, rough, or or uh, uneven, rough, damaged, or hazardous surfaces. Now, if you're just going to be ramming this thing into curbs and you like slide into a curb and snap a suspension component, that is an accident. That is not a warranty concern. But potholes, 
I mean, that's interesting to me. And unfinished roads, which is like the purpose of a truck is to drive off-road. And I understand the point where it's like, if you drive off-road and smash this into a rock, yeah, Tesla's not going to cover that. But dirt roads basic functions where, you know, if I'm, if I'm driving down a, a washboarded dirt road and my suspension falls apart, they're not going to cover that under warranty. How is that possible? Now, what this isn't saying is uh, th- this is also kind of Tesla's way out. I'm sure Tesla would cover most instances of failure in suspension for most people, given the normal usage of a truck, which is dirt roads, driveways, towing, you know, potholes. If you live in Michigan, I think Tesla won't have an issue, but it does say in here verbatim. So what I'd like to know, Ryan, is what other trucks say regarding this, because every vehicle has crazy exclusions that you're like, why do they say that? Of course. And that's a great way to segue. And I think the first competitor that comes to mind for most people is Rivian R1T and R1S. They both have the same warranty language and What it says exactly, as you can see, is in addition, damage or the malfunction of the vehicle or any of its component parts is not covered under the new vehicle limited warranty when caused by the following. A lot of bullet points, but a couple of the important ones are reckless driving the vehicle over hazardous surfaces, including but not limited to curbs, potholes, debris, vegetation, or other obstacles, as well as competition and racing. And furthermore, I expanded the search a little bit and I looked at Ford F-150 and this includes all models, not just the Lightning. So what's not covered under the new vehicle limited warranty? Misuse of the vehicle, such as driving over curbs, overloading, racing, or using the vehicle as a permanent stationary power source. Just to drive home the point, I also hold found no, a Chevy Hold on one second, because that's interesting. Because isn't the F-150 marketed to be a stationary power source? It's meant to be a stationary backup, not power source. So I think that's what they're trying to say. So they're saying like, if I bought an F-150 and drove it zero miles, but kept that thing plugged into my home backup system, not covered for that. Correct. That's my interpretation of it. Okay. That's reasonable as long as you know up front what you're getting into. Right. And then Chevy Colorado has another similar one. Misuse of the vehicle, such as driving over curbs, overloading, racing, or other competition. Uh, that's not covered in their uh, new vehicle limited warranty. So yes, I do think that it's a little bit interesting that Cybertruck has some really specific language, like curbs, potholes, unfinished roads. Um, however, I I think that at the end of the day, more or less, these are all kind of saying the same thing, and that if you use the truck in a way that they don't deem as appropriate, which in a lot of cases kind of seems like just driving on good roads it's not going to be covered under warranty. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, so the Cybertruck, no question, has the strictest language out of all of the trucks that you went through. Um, but but then it's also marketed as the toughest truck. So uh, they, they kind of contradict each other is all I'm trying to point out. I just think it's amusing more than anything. Now, I feel like if I had a Cybertruck and like you know, my, um, I don't know, my screen rattled off because I've been driving on dirt roads or whatever, they would just cover that under warranty because they cover rattles and other stuff on my Model S under warranty from similar issues. And I drive my Model S and my Model 3 down dirt roads and I rally them around and they're still under warranty. I also take my Model S to track days, which Tesla knows about because 
our service center is awesome and I'm friends with them. They know what I do with the car and it's still covered under warranty for some things. Now, when Jordan crashed it into a curb, that was obviously not under warranty. When I asked them to find rattles that they like we're like, look, dude, like we can't find anything. I'm like, I will just pay you to open up the car and tighten every bolt, not under warranty, but they still did it at, you know, I had to pay for the couple hours of labor for them to do that. And it was worth it. The car's dead silent now. Should have been warranty. Wasn't warranty. Okay. It gets a little crazy, a little bit interesting, but anyway, so I guess the toughest truck has the strictest warranty, which makes no sense to me. And the whole thing about Curbs, get it. The whole thing about competition in racing, totally get it. The whole thing about damaged or uneven or potholes, Ryan, what? that's like just driving on normal streets. To me, I think it's more of like a CYA kind of thing. Um, they just want to make sure that they're able to reject warranty claims if like, they deem that it's not something that should be repaired. And it does seem like, especially in your case uh, and personal experience, there is some subjectivity as to what is covered and what isn't. One thing I'd like to say, though, is I think pretty reasonably you could argue anything that's not covered explicitly in the Cybertruck warranty probably might not be covered in any of the other warranties. Even though it's not explicitly stated, the implication to me seems like if it's not covered with the Cybertruck, it might not be with any of the other trucks as well. So there is an expert on this topic. His name is Steve Leto. I'm a huge fan viewer and I've spoken to him a few times. He's great. And he is uh, basically a lemon law attorney by trade. And this is exactly the world that he operates in, which is implied warranty versus stated warranty. Uh, you know, essentially if you, uh, if a company sells you a refrigerator and it doesn't cool your vegetables and it, it actually heats them up, even though it may not say it in the warranty, it's implied that by buying a refrigerator, it will cool down your vegetables. And so I would say, I don't, I would love to get Steve's opinion on this. When I buy a four-wheel drive giant triangle metal truck that says it's the toughest truck, the implied warranty is you can do tough truck stuff with it without, you know, with with some coverage from the manufacturer, assuming that that's the proper use. I would love to know what the audience thinks on this topic, and I'd love to maybe I'll maybe we can invite Steve on the show and ask him about this if the audience wants us to because that would be fascinating uh, to learn about Seriously. it. But um, definitely, definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. Were definitely. there any other anomalies in the owner's manual that you found? Yeah, I spent a lot of time looking through it, and I'm just going to refer to some notes on this. It's really long. <laughs> it took quite a while to get through it. There's a lot of really basic stuff, just introductory stuff, like how do you use the screen? What are the basic functions? How do you operate windows and doors? Uh, and then also a lot of stuff that's just similar with other Tesla stuff, like how do you deal with vehicle settings and change the climate control, all that stuff. Plenty of stuff on connectivity. Um, and then I think some of the interesting stuff I found was uh, some of the extra storage areas, like the rear seats folding up to give you more space in the back, as well as the underbed compartment. Pretty neat. Uh, I saw that the interior outlets are NEMA 520 instead of NEMA 515. And for those who aren't aware, that just means that it has a higher amperage limit, which cool, great, but kind of questioning ex uh, <laughs> what you would use that for. Um, do you have any ideas for that? Um, I don't know what, like a normal, I don't think I have any appliance at my house other than an EV 
charger or supply equipment that utilizes NEMA 520. Yeah, and they also have got a NEMA 1450, which can provide way more power, so no reason to use the 520. I've seen some, uh, like, tea kettles that will use them, uh, so you can heat up your water marginally faster. But, again, I think this is just more than anything an interesting uh, decision. Um, oh, speaking of the outlet, oh, the speaking of the outlets, uh, there was just a software update sent to the trucks that allow them to be used while charging and driving, which you used to have to be parked and unplugged for them to work. That's excellent to hear. That's uh, was was something that was in the owner's manual actually, but gr- glad to hear they've uh, released that update. Yep. Um, one of the re- decisions that they made, I think, is more reasonable. Is uh, they have no auto steer while towing, and I don't know if they'll end up adding that eventually, but at least right now, to me, that seems like a pretty reasonable uh, decision, especially with everything that goes into towing and the fact that they've got pretty limited data onto both the Cybertruck and what that handling will be like when towing. So our Model X also has a towing package and has the same limitation. However, all you have to do is just turn off towing mode and then you get auto steer back. And it keeps the trailer lights on. It knows something's connected. It can obviously feel the weight because all the range estimates update. But then it's like, yeah, just use autopilot. And then like if it misses a lane, you know how sometimes when two lanes come to one on basic auto steer and it goes, whoa, and then you got like massive trailer sway. I'm not asking Tesla to remove that because I use it while towing and I know I shouldn't, but it's so nice like driving through the middle of Texas, just like straight roads. As long as you're monitoring it, you're fine. You can feel when it's about to mess up. My biggest question is how autopilot will work with the Cybertruck at all. Will the steering wheel even turn because it's not connected? And there's a Cybertruck doesn't have autopilot yet, so I don't know. That that'll be really interesting to see. I think at least just from like a user ergonomics experience, they should probably have the wheel turn just so that there's something in your brain, but it's interesting to think of that at just <laughs> having your car move around with the wheel dead straight. Uh, A few more things that I found was some information in the owner's manual about your experience with the range test in which once the battery is dead, you are limited to about three miles an hour uh, as far as towing, basically walking speed. And that seems pretty inconvenient. And something I wanted to ask you is, as someone who's experienced vehicles at 0% state of charge, basically more than almost anyone in the world, do you think that this is something that's fairly typical or do you think a lot of uh, other vehicles have different strategies or do you think that there are better ways to do this? Uh, so, what, so, okay. First of all, is it tip? So the typical question of will a vehicle reach a 0% state of charge? I know that's not really what you're asking, but I just want to paint the picture. I believe that every vehicle produced will at least experience everything once throughout its couple hundred thousand mile life cycle every electric car will probably run to zero and i'm not talking about of that metal i'm talking about every car that is produced so i think you know that's what you should plan for as a vehicle engineer which is you know you're assuming someone will run this thing to dead what what should you do once it's dead well you need to, in, in Tesla's case, they need to preserve the 16-volt, or I, I guess it's a 48-volt, low-voltage system of the Cybertruck. They also, for some reason, limit you to three miles an hour while towing. Now, it has to do with the motors and you know creating electrical magnetic fields. 
because uh, there's a permanent magnet motor involved here and also just wearing down components if you're yanking on the thing all the time. But I actually think Rivian does it pretty well where as long as you get to it, and I think the Cybertruck is the same way, as long as you get to the vehicle before it shuts the drive rail off, every car you can do this, you can tow it and regen tow it. Now, it's usually against in the owner's manual to regen tow any vehicle because it really stresses the inverters, but it's the same as like driving downhill, and it's quite dangerous to do it, and I'm not suggesting anyone does, but that is the best way to get a car to a charging station. If there's no other option, you you know when you're at zero miles of range or you've driven at zero for 10 miles, because the Cybertruck lets you go well beyond zero, just like have a truck driver with a tow strap pull you for just one mile, and you can get five, six, seven, ten miles of, of driving after one mile of, of towing. Now, that is against everything in the owner's manual. I would say it's fairly typical that once the battery is dead, completely bottom-bricked, and it shuts off the high-voltage circuit, there's there's pretty much no... Every vehicle has limitations on towing because the motors can get damaged after running without the high voltage system active and the inverters off, basically. And that that is very typical. And some cars don't even let you go to neutral. They're just like, sorry. Yep, that was a case in my Chevy Bolt. It puts you into park and that's it. Uh, there was a bit of information about washing it, as well as some uh, warnings about corrosion, which some people were a bit surprised to see. However, I think Colson over at Out of Spec Detailing has done a lot of really great work, really exploring all the different options for cleaning. And he's found out what really works and what really doesn't. And from him, he's explained that, yes, metal corrodes. This is normal. This is typical. It happens to every vehicle, regardless of whether it has paint. Um, and I think something to keep in mind that you'll often hear from everyone, including material scientists, is stainless steel is called stainless, not stain-free. So it's resistant to corrosion, won't prevent it completely. Yeah, and most of the stuff that's corroding is actually fallout and industrial-like stuff corroding because of the reaction on stainless, but then can be wiped away. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. So Colton's doing some research and and producing a video on that here pretty soon. But the whole like Cybertruck is rusting conversation that was going crazy. Um, it isn't really. It's everything else that's reacting with it, but that can all just be wiped off. Good to hear. Uh, a few other quick things that I found was uh, they suggest that you replace the wiper blade annually, which oh, geez, but. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be a, a fairly painless thing uh, and hopefully not too expensive. And the last kind of interesting thing that I saw was if you select the all-season tires, your payload rating goes down by like 300 pounds. No way. Uh, more, than, more than 10%. Did not know that. Yeah, it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not exactly sure why, but losing more than 10% of your payload capacity by going with the uh, all uh, Does it say train. what tire it is? Um, we'll have to look that up. Okay, I don't know but, if they uh, released it. It's probably I think it's a Scorpion. Pirelli oh, so Scorpion they did Pirelli for the range tire and Goodyear for the all terrain. So that means that the Goodyear's load rating on the tire is higher. Uh, that would also mean that if you get the range extender and the all seasons, you're going to have crap payload and towing. Yeah, good, good luck if you got five people. Yeah, that's the thing. You put five people in that. Your, your max payload. Yeah. So 
I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. Um, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about why they chose to go with that tire. Uh, if if that was a sacrifice they made uh, yeah, in order to get something else. I know tires can kind of be a zero-sum game where you got to sacrifice something to get something else. So, yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting, weird detail that I was not expecting. Yeah, so for towing tests, we actually need the all-terrains, but that's going to zap the range just that much more. Yeah. Okay, wild. Wow. Well, good digging. That's cool. And uh, I think you found a lot of that information because T-Sportline posted uh, uh, like a full rundown of a, of a um, Cybertruck owner's manual, right? I don't yeah. think there was... About 40-minute videos right? if you don't pause it. Wow, cool. Out of spec <laughs> style. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate all the information. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess from from my side, the the warranty exclusions really only matter when Tesla starts denying claims based off of those. But as someone who's taking delivery of a Cybertruck or or driving one, that that you are agreeing to those warranty claims when you take delivery. And I think the only way to deny your agreement is in writing and not taking delivery, obviously. Well, not cover you under the warranty. But um, by ex- by accepting delivery, a delivery, you're assuming, or they're assuming that you agree to those warranty claims. Which is, if you drive it on a dirt road, your warranty is void. Now, keep in mind they can't, and we should have made this point at the beginning of that episode. But they can't just deny everything because you drove it over a pothole or a dirt road. It has to be a direct link. Um, I think it's called the Magnuson Moss, something like that. Magnus Moss Act, um, where they the automaker needs to prove that the modification or the driving behavior directly led to the fault that they are denying the claim for. So there is a lot of regulation and legal space here as well that Steve Leto is, of course, extremely familiar with. So I can message him. I'll ask him if he can come on. I think that'd be cool. And uh, let me know what you guys think in the comments if, if you'd be open to that collaboration. Great. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you, Yeah, thanks, Ryan. And thanks to all the viewers. Can't thank you enough for watching and subscribing. Francie will be back very soon. And uh, we'll catch you all on another Out of Spec podcast episode very soon. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.